Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, executive editor of Recode. Thanks for listening to Recode Replay. Here's one of the interviews from the stage of the 2016 Code Conference. If you like it, please leave us a review at iTunes.com slash Recode Replay. I was just reading the backstage of the New York Times, which says the Democratic race is about to end, and we are bringing out Hillary Clinton's top campaign advisor, John Podesta. But first, I'm going to bring out Ezra Klein from Vox.com. Ezra's a fantastic journalist, does an astonishing site at Vox.com, and uh, knows a lot more about politics than I do. And so I'm going to bring him out first. Ezra? Um, and John Podesta. Oh, thank you for coming, John. John flew in on a night flight uh, or morning, early morning flight, and yeah. got here. And all I want to commuted talk- from Brooklyn. From Brooklyn. Okay, good. <laughs> um, all I want to talk about is UFOs, but we'll talk about that later. Okay. John is a well-known UFO aficionado. Would you? I'll, I'll accept that. Okay, all right, okay. So we're going to talk about how you want to get a lot of stuff declassified. And if you win, you'll be able to do that even better again, once yep. again. So let's start off. Um, is the Democratic race near an end? Well, I think it's coming to an end on, on uh, next Tuesday when mm-hmm. uh, voters vote here in California, when they vote in New Jersey and uh, some uh, South Dakota, North Dakota, New Mexico, and Montana. Uh, we're very close to having the number of uh, pledged delegates that we need to uh, to make this race uh, one in which we've already kind of declared ourselves the winner, but I think the rest of the world will understand that that uh, Hillary Clinton has won more than three million more votes than Bernie Sanders, and we have enough uh, delegates to be the nominee. So yeah, I think it'll come uh, it'll come to an end next Tuesday. So a lot of these folks are are voting in California, uh, and it's going to be big. And right now, Bernie Sanders has higher favorability than Hillary Clinton does. He leads Donald Trump by more than Hillary Clinton does. So why isn't he the, the strongest nominee for the Democratic Party? Well, look, I think the, the people have kind of spoken, as I just noted, that uh, she's received more votes. Uh, she's taken flack from both the left and the right. Uh, I think that uh, one could debate whether his numbers would be the same had he been uh, the subject of the uh, criticism that, that we're taking. We have chosen to run a race that uh, is trying to uh, honor what he's uh, brought to the Democratic race. Uh, we we have some disagreements on guns and other things, but you know, m- uh, by and large, I think she's taken a much uh, more serious pounding uh, through the course of this campaign than than he has, and uh, and I think she'll be a stronger candidate. I think she's shown that she uh, can stand up to that and uh, keep going, and and uh, will be a match for Donald Trump. This morning, she's. Uh, taking him on on national security policy, talking about the taking seriously the ideas, if you can take them seriously. I like to say he's a serious candidate, but not a serious man, but he's thrown out a bunch of ideas from building the wall in Mexico to uh, uh, encouraging nuclear proliferation on the Korean Peninsula and, and uh, in the Middle East to, you know, uh, 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 banning all Muslims from entering the United States. So I don't think that's coming from a serious person, but I think he's a serious candidate. So, and I think she's perfectly capable of uh, calling that out, taking it on, uh, talking about a brighter future for the United States, and, and, uh, uh, and uh, competing with him and winning in November. So before we get to the general election, I want to talk about that, and also uh, Trump's facility with social media. As, as much as tech doesn't really support him overall, 
he's the best. He's literally the first Twitter candidate, as far as I'm concerned. Mm -hmm. um, this race does come to California. What would it mean if Hillary gets a nomination and loses California to Bernie Sanders? What, how do you think about that as a, as a campaign? Because it's, well, it's, it's not great, like, and it's something Trump can use and, and say, Yeah, look. you know, I think, I think the race is, is, uh, is tight. We think we're going to win, but we're fighting for every vote. She's back out here. She's in San Diego this morning. Mm -hmm. uh, President Clinton's coming in, uh, and cam campaigning here. Um, uh, I think the structure of the race in California is, is somewhat similar to... Uh, what it's been in the rest of the country. Ezra and I were talking about that earlier. Uh, we lead uh, substantially amongst uh, Democrats, and he leads amongst independents. And the question is, what's the composition of the electorate uh, come next Tuesday? Uh, California also has a lot of mail-in voting. So I would encourage anybody who has a ballot sitting on their kitchen table, fill it out, send it in. Uh, but um, uh, about 60% of the vote probably be mailed in. Uh, so it'll depend a, a little bit on the composition of the electorate, how many independents vote, how many Democrats vote. Uh, and we're doing everything we can to make sure that our supporters get out to the but polls. What do you Pardon? make of that? I'm sorry, Ezra. What do you make of that idea that he's so close, to, that it's so close? What, what does that say to you as a campaign? Uh, well, you, you know, it says that, uh, to me that, that uh, Senator Sanders has run a vigorous uh, primary campaign, that, that he spent an enormous amount of time out here. He's uh, advertised, spent his money well, out here. It's not just here. time. There's some, it's striking a chord in some way, correct? It's striking some chord that... Yeah. Senator Clinton is not doing. Uh, well, I, I wouldn't say that. We're still winning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> As I said, you know, it's 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 hard to say uh, that she hasn't struck a chord when she's gotten three more million more votes than he has. So, um, uh, but he's he's run a vigorous campaign. He's he's done well, particularly with young people, uh, and we're going to go back and 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 try to. Uh, convince those who have not yet voted between now and next Tuesday that they should vote for her and that you know she has something to offer about a future that will build an economy that's inclusive that's that's taking on the uh, the uh, interests that are uh, locking up and rigging the economy and and trying to open up opportunities for them so that's that's our job and but I, I give him credit for uh, for as I said running a running a vigorous race and 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 uh, being you know and giving us uh, uh, a challenge, uh, but we think we have met that challenge and we're going to win. Uh, so regardless of the outcome on Tuesday, Bernie Sanders has said he will stay in until the convention. He will take this to the floor. I have two questions for you on that. One, sure. do you believe him? And two, if he does that, does it hurt you? Well, look, I think that, um, the, you know, that's up to him. Uh, he, can, he can stay in. As you know, we had something of a preview of this in 2008 when uh, uh, Senator Clinton and Senator Obama went down to the wire, went to the last vote. Ultimately, he prevailed in, the, in pledged delegates. But you were tied on popular vote. We were tied on popular vote. She understood the rules and she understood the stakes. And she, uh, right after the last primaries, uh, conceded the election, uh, uh, endorsed pr uh, President Obama, uh, asked that the convention uh, uh, nominate him by acclamation, campaigned hard for him, because she knew that putting a Democrat in the White House was going to be really critical. So uh, Senator Sanders says he wants to do everything he can seven days a week to keep Donald Trump out of the White House. I guess we take him at his word, but he'll have to make his decisions about whether uh, what he's going to do between now and the convention. You also asked, does it hurt? I think we're going to do everything we can to unify the party, uh, and we hope to have a partner in that. Uh, and I think we'll have other people who 
uh, will uh, work with us to try to unify the party, and we hope he's one of them. About a month ago, you were leading polls of Donald Trump by substantial margins, six points, eight points, 10 points. That's tightened. Yeah. And a bunch of people look at that and say it's because Bernie Sanders voters are right now not saying they will vote for Hillary Clinton. Well, I Do you think, think you will get them back? Uh, Yes, is the short answer to your question. I think How? the longer answer to the question of, on, on the polls is that uh, Trump has consolidated uh, his Republican side. Uh, people have sort you know, with the exception of Speaker Ryan, have kind of fallen in line uh, and decided that they, uh, you know, that, that they, notwithstanding everything terrible they said about him for six months, they have to fall in line uh, with him. Uh, in our case, I think that uh, we uh, both, I think, uh, need to embrace uh, what the arguments that have been successful with that group of, of, of Sanders voters. She's run a very progressive campaign. I think we can make the case strongly that the direction that she's putting forward on the economy, on education, on health care, et cetera, are consistent with uh, the direction that, that, you know, we have differences, as I said, but, but they pale in comparison to the differences between uh, Secretary Clinton. Uh, Would uh, you... Would you consider putting and Bernie Sanders Trump. as a vice presidential candidate? Well, we're, you know, I think that I'm going to leave that to the candidate. Right. Uh, but I think that. Well, I'm sure you, you have know, some say in that. We're, uh, you look, I think there, there, there are uh, a lot of really good choices for her. And I think we'll do uh, what is necessary, first and foremost, to, to uh, you know, select someone who, who can uh, both lead the country and help lead the country and, and, uh, uh, and help elect a Democratic but ticket. The reason so I'm we're just really at the, at the be, outset of the It would be awfully bold to do that. And, and, this, and she's run, much like many other candidates, a very much more traditional campaign. She's facing someone in the general election who's just um, isn't. <laughs> you know, if he was in that, that would be fair. Yes, he's he, not traditional. He is disruptive <laughs> in the Silicon Valley yeah. governance. And, and whatever you think of the disruption itself, to conduct a regular campaign is sort of not the right thing to do at this moment. Do you think she needs to well, look, significantly I think, shift how she campaigns and how she works? And yeah, we'll get into social media on that yeah. issue. I, you know, I think that's a, I, I think obviously Trump is challenging. I mean, he's obviously, he's mowed down the Republican field. So uh, we understand, we have watched that and understood it. And I think maybe we took him more seriously than the Republican field did uh, early on. Uh, but on the other hand, uh, as she said, she, we also think he's unfit for office, and we'll make that case. We'll make it uh, affirmatively in, in traditional media and social media, in organizing on the doors, uh, because we don't think uh, he's a risk that the country can, can accept. Do you think social media matters as much? Now, he seems to have been using it, I mean, literally a genius on social media, and it's, it's about trolling. He's a good troll. He, does, um, he responds quickly. It feels like it's him. Uh, I think he's using it brilliantly, just brilliantly. Well, he uses Twitter. Do you think it matters? He yeah. uses Twitter quite but Do you think that matters at all? Because Senator Clinton's well, it's mattered. It's mattered. Uh, it's mattered for him so far. Well, I think. does it matter uh, for you? Because Senator Clinton's Twitters are very nice, but they're okay. They're okay. I think she could do a lot better. But um, you know, maybe not being her nature. She's not hair trigger. She's not as responsive. I don't. Yeah, even know I mean, it, it, uh, actually having actually being. Thoughtful uh, used to be considered a um, you know a trait that one probably yeah, thought was a good that, thing right for now. the for president of the United States, yeah. but maybe maybe but maybe times have changed and it's disruptive. Do you, do you think the social media? Yeah, matters? I think it, I think social media uh, matters, but I think what matters more uh, is whether the public can be educated about the two candidates. 
what their, what their history is, what their values are, what their structure is, what they're offering the American people. And I think just this week we're learning a lot about um, uh, with the release of the documents in the, in the uh, Trump University case, uh, what, what Donald Trump is really all about. It's, it, he's about self-promotion. He's a, you know, he uh, preyed on uh, weak people uh, in a context where he was actually selling the misery of people losing their houses uh, to build even more people, uh, uh, vulnerable people, uh, out of their savings, uh, older people, uh, vulnerable people. Uh, and, uh, you know, it wasn't us that said that this was a fraudulent scheme. It was the people working for him who said it was a fraudulent but, scheme. But is there... So I think that that information will penetrate. He is not Teflon. Uh, the, uh, the media, I think, covered him more as a phenomena than took him seriously as could this guy really be president of the United States? So they kind of laughed off. Uh, when he said, let's have Saudi Arabia develop nuclear weapons and let's have South Korea develop nuclear weapons. They sort of laughed it off, thought that was interesting, thought that was disruptive. But I think between now and November, that's going to seem it's less more funny. more traditional campaign thing. Well, I don't know. We, we can't of, be, we can't is, be, tra- no, is. we can't be, tra- uh, people don't receive their information right. in, tra- in quote unquote traditional ways the way, you know, I started doing this a very long time ago. Uh, but people do trust their friends, they trust their neighbors, they do receive information. A lot of that comes uh, through uh, sharing and through other avenues than, you know, the old, the old media, as it were, sort of dead. Uh, but I think we've got to adapt to that and make sure that uh, she's communicating in channels that are, are going to be relevant. But they also have to be, you know, uh, uh, one, I think, what, one thing we can't do and we need to resist doing is be, and I think if you look at what the Republicans did, they did not resist doing this, which is, you know, getting in the gutter with him, rolling around in the mud with him, yeah. sort of tit for tat with him on Twitter. I, I don't think that would work. That's not who she is. That wouldn't work for her. I think that diminishes her uh, as someone who's a person of stature, uh, experience, uh, and, and values. Better, and he's better at it. And he's good at. And it. he's. You know, I probably wouldn't fight about that. <laughs> but, you know, that, that's his game. We're not, you know, what we need to do, I think, is uh, make sure that uh, not just through traditional media, but through all forms of communications, including, uh, of, you know, we're making much bigger investments in organizing than I think he is. Near as I can tell, that, you know, that's kind of... So data matters in data the matters. A, data he matters thinks it's idiotic. He thinks data is pointless. I mean, I think he said it. Well, we don't think so. And uh, I think that he thinks a lot of things are pointless. Uh, I think that we don't think it matters. We think that um, understanding uh, who are open to us as voters, trying to go convince them, uh, trying to understand uh, how to reach and target uh, voters uh, using the kind of data analytics that's, that uh, uh, Senator and then President Obama championed are, are things that we think still really make a difference. We're, we're investing in that. We're investing... Uh, most importantly, on uh, the ability to, you know, look somebody in the eye and go and have a neighbor talk to a neighbor and say, you know, uh, uh, she's my girl and he's uh, too risky. Let me ask you about what your data is actually saying. So you have a tremendous amount of polling. You have much more than anyone in the media does right now. Where do you think a normal Republican would start this race and where do you think Donald Trump starts this race? 
give me the you know look i think the i think you know we're following a two-term president the structure of the electorate is such that um it's a pretty divided country uh a normal republican like governor romney with 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 uh with president clinton uh, with president obama in the re-election started off a little bit ahead or even you know high 40s high 40s that's where the race that's the kind of natural water level of American politics right now. It's a divided country, uh, and that's the natural water level. I think he starts a little bit weaker than that because he has, uh, uh, although he's consolidated the Republican base, he has alienated uh, uh, so many people along the way, particularly in the Latino community and the Muslim community, uh, educated, uh, college-educated women in particular who are Republican, uh, independent-leaning Republicans. Those are problems for him, and he, I, don't, I don't see him doing anything to get it back. I mean, it seems to be yeah. doubling down. My mom is a Fox, Fox News watching lady, and she hates him. And you know, she doesn't so, love Hillary, I'll tell you that. She's voting for Marco Rubio somehow. <laughs> I don't know. Have you? In the primary? I know, she's going to write it in. How about, how about the folks for you? Can you win them back? Because it's true that Trump is the most unpopular major party nominee we've seen in memory, but Hillary Clinton is the second most unpopular major party nominee we've seen in memory. So are those independents, maybe those moderate Republicans, are they persuadable by you in a way they might be persuadable by a more fresh-faced Democrat? Uh, I think the answer to that is yes, and I think what we, but we've got work to do, and that's what, and she intends to do that work. Uh, I think that, um, uh, again, people, uh, uh, the best, validators for her are people who have known her for a long time because they know what she's been all about her whole life, you know, from the day she left law school and went to work for the Children's Defense Fund. That's somewhat she's of a always... disconnect. I mean, she's charming in private. Everyone says if you knew her yourself. Now, she can't shake the no, hand. No, I don't think it's like, it. you know, she's not going to go meet uh, right. the number of people she needs to right. have their votes uh, in the battleground states. But I think we can uh, do what we can to, to make sure that they understand what motivates her. Uh, the convention will be helpful in that regard what she's done her whole life, the commitment she's made to women, to family, to children uh, her entire life. I think that's important to people, and I think we need to communicate that. What are your vulnerabilities? When you look at that, whatever it is, 48, 44 starting point, what, it, what would Trump have to do to close that gap? Well, um, you know, I think he's off on the wrong tangent by, you know, he wants to bring back Vince Foster. That seems to me like a little bit... Like he's in, you know, he's really talking to the Fox conspiracy theorists there. Uh, not even Fox, it's probably Breitbart conspiracy theorists. Uh, uh, I think what he needs to do is find a way uh, to convince, uh, you know, particularly uh, close the gender gap, to convince women that when he said uh, that he wants to punish women for exercising their reproductive rights, that he didn't mean it. Uh, the one thing he has going for him is uh, no one's quite sure whether he believes anything he says. So uh, maybe he could convince people that, that, that he was just kidding. Uh, but he's got, he's got serious vulnerabilities there, and I think he shows no sign of we thought we were going to, uh, you know, uh, Paul Manafort went down to, to the uh, meeting of the Republican National Committee and said you're going to see the new Donald Trump, the calm down Donald Trump. I, I don't know. We're still waiting for it. Right. Uh, you know, sort of... Uh, does that thing where people don't really believe he means what he says, does that make life hard for you? Because I've noticed quite a bit. He'll go on interviews and they'll say, well, hey, you said this was going to be your policy. We actually read it. It does the exact opposite thing. And they'll say, don't worry about it. I'm going to make a deal. This is just the opening bit in the negotiation. Doesn't that make, does it 
change how you have to run when you're I running against somebody I, who says, I, I think it's, a tr- it's I, all a negotiation? Yeah, I think it's a challenge because I think that, you know, uh, uh, at some level that used to be sort of disqualifying. You know, you, I, I, I remember, uh, you know, ads uh, back in the 1980s that, show, you know, showed an acrobat flip-flopping on stage and, and, you know, crushing a candidate. Now, or John Kerry windsurfing. Yeah. Or John Kerry windsurfing. But I think it doesn't, I think uh, uh, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a bit of a challenge, but I think what is the throughput in, in Donald Trump's life is it's always been, uh, you know, about the exaltation of Trump, his name, his brand, uh, at the expense of ordinary people. And I think he can't escape that. So he can't forget that. He can't uh, take it back uh, that he... Uh, you know, was trying to get people to max out their credit cards at Trump U uh, and just lawyer up and attack the judge and, you know, suggest that he was born in Mexico when he was born in Indiana because he's got a, you know, a Latin-sounding name. You can't get away with that, I think, uh, or at least I don't speaking, think you can. Speaking of not getting away, how significant is the, e- the continuing email inquiries into speaking of technology? Um, this seems to stick. Beyond, yeah, look, I beyond think it's, everyone else. I think it's, I think it's, it, you know, I think it's definitely hurt her. Uh, she said it was a mistake uh, from the outset. Uh, uh, wished that we could take it back, but it, uh, but she used a uh, private email system. Uh, she also said release all the emails, uh, and I think that. Oh, well, you guys didn't release all the. I mean, you went through and you vetted which emails you were going to be released in which She work. gave, she turned over all her, I don't think uh, people have contested that. She turned over her work-related emails. She asked that they all be released. We but went you, through this crazy but retroactive. there was a decision about which ones were work-related, right? There was a decision made, yeah. But, the, you know, the decision about Chelsea's wedding were not work-related emails. So I think that, uh, or, you know, her mother's health care, those weren't work-related emails. Now, it was a mistake to have done that in the first place, to combine them. And I think she recognizes that. But the question is, given the stakes of the selection, uh, is that uh, you know is that a mistake that you would uh, uh, judge as disqualifying? Maybe some people will. I think. Although that it does seem it does seem to stick. This email thing does, even though you've all tried to move it aside and said it was a mistake. Mistakes were made. It is one that remains sig- seemingly significant to a lot that bothers a lot of people, which plays into what Trump is using, which is. What's his name for her? Crooked Hillary? What's, I don't yeah. know. Um, and I know you guys have tried Dumb Donald, Dangerous Donald. You still haven't gotten a good one yet. Um, I can think of one with a D. Um, but um, yes, that one. Um, why is that stuck? Is it because, what is it played into from your perspective? Well, I think people, you know, to some extent people think she's, um, uh, she's, Super competent, super smart. Why would she do it? That they uh, and I think that, in fact, the truth uh, that she thought it was just more convenient is uh, is the reality. And people believe that. Well, but uh, they've heard so much. She's been you know hit so hard for it that they you know they question whether uh, whether anybody who's that qualified, that smart, uh, would make a, a a decision like that. And it was it was. Uh, Regrettable, uh, but it's you know it was made, and and uh, as as now even this latest report indicated, um, Colin Powell others use private email system for their work-related emails, but that that's really that's matter. the history. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. Uh, so I think people are going to have to 
figure out uh, on balance uh, what, you know, the other thing that I, <laughs> that I like to remind people of is to some extent the substance of these emails is our friend. You know, when people actually look at the emails, what you see is someone who is working hard, uh, doing the job that uh, the president entrusted in her, uh, projecting American values overseas, uh, working, you know, day and night uh, in support of uh, American sure diplomacy. I'm not sure that's getting I'm not sure that part's getting, I don't think, I think it would pay. Yeah, I don't think it's, I, I, you know, look, I, I agree with that. But I think that uh, it is what it is. I mean, she did the, the, uh, the, the decision at, at the outset to use uh, a private email system was, was uh, in retrospect the wrong one. Uh, as she said, uh, as has said, she did it for convenience, but it's been anything but. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know uh, what more one can do than to say, here they are, look at them, judge for yourself. Uh, I've learned my lesson. Uh, it was a mistake. And, and to try to move on. Let me ask a, a different uh, question about a different aspect of the emails, which is when you see what happened there, when you listen to often Secretary Clinton's statements on it, it's clear that she and the people around her just didn't understand email very well, didn't understand cybersecurity. Or faxes. Yeah. Right, or faxes. <laughs> Isn't that Speaking a problem? Old doesn't, school. Right, doesn't the president need to have, at least in their immediate circle, a higher level of, of, of technological and, and cybersecurity sophistication. She, I mean, Obama did that with being the tech president. Is she? Well, I think th I think that you know there's there, there's um, there's technical sophistication. There's technical policy sophistication. Mm -hmm. I think those are two somewhat different things. Um, uh, I don't think she would ever uh, uh, argue that she's technically sophisticated, but she's technically understanding. Uh, and most importantly, I think from a tech policy perspective, uh, she's aiming in a direction where technology will, can transform our economy uh, in ways that are profound across all sectors, including the government. Uh, she's put forward ideas uh, about how you create a tech workforce, how you, uh, you know, reform our immigration system to support, uh, uh, you know, high technology uh, visa programs. She's uh, been all in on, on supporting uh, important investments in R&D. So from a policy perspective, starting with her tenure at the State Department, uh, where she championed uh, uh, an open internet across and internet freedom across the world uh, to her support uh, for many important. I would agree on all this, but why doesn't she have the support of the tech industry quite as much as President Obama, it's it's tepid. I would say um, they're going to support her, but they're like, uh, they're, have you really? This is a tech conference. Do you feel like you've gotten the support of the tech community? Because it doesn't feel it feels soft to me. I think it's building, and I think we, you know, we have. Uh, and again, I think that that as the choice builds, I think the uh, we've gotten more. Uh, support from uh, from technology leaders uh, uh, across Silicon Valley, and I think that. Uh, we, we welcome that and we'll welcome conversation with her, obviously, that they want to uh, know she's on the level and, and that takes a lot of, uh, uh, of being able to interact, one, not one-on-one, -on -one, but in, at least in small they've groups. They've got a lot of money, just I don't know if you've heard, but they've got a lot of money. I've heard that. Yeah. Um, can we finish up very quickly and then we'll get to a question from Rob. Um, but I think you know, we'll probably roll out a, a, a group of technology leaders who support her before the election, and I think that'll be a very impressive list of Great. people who are serious leaders in the, in the, uh, in this community. UFOs. UFOs. Why are you so interested in UFOs? 
it's, it's interesting. I've always been sort of a, a sci-fi guy, but I didn't pursue it very much. When I left the White House, I met a woman named Leslie Kane, uh, who uh, is a journalist who really has championed the cause of uh, opening up government files on uh, unidentified aerial phenomena. She's uh, uh, gotten a lot of uh, former generals, former scientists, people who are knowledgeable to say that there's a, you know, there's a serious and uh, unexplained uh, series of events around the world and uh, the public has a very a big interest in it and governments tend to uh, think that this is uh, not a career enhancer to talk about it. And I worked with her uh, and filed an FOIA case on a, on a case of a crash that occurred in Pennsylvania in the 1960s. Is this an alien? That they well, nobody knew what it was. I mean, what do you there was think? some speculation about whether it was a Soviet uh, satellite. All of a sudden, when the FOIA case was filed, it turned out most of the files had disappeared. It was clear that there was an investigation by the Air Force. Uh, that seems convenient. That seemed convenient. Uh, and uh, I just got interested in it, and, and uh, I found a lot of people who, like I said, it's usually not career enhancing for someone No, to say, in I think there might be aliens? To no. say, Do you think there might say, be aliens? I'm actually, there, there, I think there are two issues there. Okay. One is, are there aliens? And two, have we been visited or visited yeah. recently by aliens? Right. I think on the former, it seems inconceivable there aren't aliens. Right. On, the, on the latter, you know, that's, that's what the quest for opening up and, and, you know, getting the government to take it seriously. Other governments have done so. Mm -hmm. They've, uh, you know, they've both uh, looked and reviewed their files. They've uh, set up, you know, this, these are small teams of people to say, okay, well, if we see, we, we see something, let's examine it. Let's, uh, rather than being embarrassed, ashamed, and, and treating it as, uh, as something that has to go into black programs everywhere, let's, let, let's, uh, let's let the public in on what we know. But you are... That's all, that, and that's, that's all I've championed, yeah. and, I, and I stand by it, and I think it would be good, and I think there's actually a lot of public interest in the phenomena in, in, the, uh, in doing that, and I've got to tell you, I, I meet a lot of politicians, mm -hmm. uh, people in Washington and others, who yeah, say, I, I'm with you, but I can't say so. But, right. but you were White House Chief of Staff. You had a very high security yeah. clearance. So yeah, recognize you us. can't tell us anything about classified information. Did what you see change your estimation of the probability? Has, ha, in the last 10 years, has your estimation of the probability that probability you've been visited by aliens changed at all? He means have you seen... Um, the book. I think nothing I saw in the government changed my estimation of that. Going to, going to Infowars.com a lot? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Something like that. All right. Question. Talking, to a lot of, talking to a lot of smart people. All right. Question from Rob. Uh, Rob Guiz, great to see you as always. Um, so uh, kind of a two-part follow-up to things that Ezra and Kara said. Um, I started noticing on social media that like mainstream Republican friends of mine, not just wingnuts, are starting to use Crooked Hillary like it's her name. And I think that's a real problem for you. And the two parts are, have you considered what you're going to do, whether it's the candidate or the campaign in some way? Uh, my suggestion of the best one that I've seen for, the, uh, for Trump um, is from Jon Stewart, which you probably saw, uh, Man Baby Donald. Um, does anyone know why he said man baby? This is quite an election. It's actually very smart because he's John Stewart, so I, I'm just quoting him. See, uh, Donald Trump has the body of a man, <laughs> but he's got the temperament and personality of a baby. I get it. With, I little get it. with little baby hands. We get it. We get it. So it's the hands part that's funny. But I, seriously, I like it because it's whimsical as well as, as cutting. Uh, but the serious question is the following. Uh, 
you're negative 20 in approval, uh, net approval rating. Trump is negative 30. As, um, as was pointed out, no one's ever won an election with a net negative rating. Do you have to bring Hillary closer up to at least parity? And if so, what's the strategy for doing that, lest this crooked Hillary meme become the conventional view of her? Yeah, well, uh, you know, I think that the, the answer, the first part of that is yes, we have to close that gap. Uh, I think votes, you know, when, when, when people face the choice, that, that, that gap tends to close a little bit naturally. But the most important thing is for her uh, to get out uh, and to talk to people in a way in which we're not, we're out of the primary campaign, we're fully into the general mode, uh, and uh, we ha will have a lot of opportunity uh, to talk about who she is and what she wants to do. And without uh, the getting uh, hit, I think, for both directions, I think that'll help a lot. Well, one more piece of free advice. Uh, on the email stuff, an actual apology would make a huge difference to many people I know. Yeah. Not just saying, I wish I had, it was a mistake, saying, I'm sorry I did it, I shouldn't have done it, I'm okay. sorry I did it. Okay. Yeah. You know, I think, uh, I think that she Trump definitely regrets it and says so. Yeah, Trump would never apologize, so that's a differentiation of a okay. mature adult. Yeah. Hi, John. Uh, just a question on, this, uh, on the topic of running a normal campaign. There's been a lot of fun noise in the press over the last couple of weeks about someone like Mark Cuban, including from himself being a, a, a VP candidate. How do you and Secretary Clinton think about weighing the different characteristics that a VP candidate should have, including potentially the ability to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with someone like Trump on cable news, on social media. How do you weigh those alternatives? Look, you I need, think the, you need a reality star. I think, I, look, I think, I think the ability to live in a tough and grueling environment and be someone who uh, can take the fight to the, to the other side is, is a criteria that we're, we'll look at as we uh, consider vice presidential nominations, n nominees. But uh, I'm make, not making news on the vice president here. We're... we're uh, we're, you know, is that early, out of the early picture? stages of that process. Is that process. kind of person out of the picture? Because uh, they would be four years ago, eight years ago. Uh, is, a, is a person outside of the political sphere? Yeah, like a market. No, I don't, think a, I don't think a person outside the political sphere is outside of the, uh, of the possibility. But I think we have a lot of good choices. And uh, to the uh, earlier question, what, what you know, um, uh, in terms of uh, the ability to... Uh, infantilize, I guess, uh, 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 Donald Trump. Uh, uh, I'm crossing the beams here, but Elizabeth Warren, for example, is doing a pretty good job of that, and I think she'll, you'll get to hear some more of that when she addresses the Massachusetts State Convention. Yes, she's good. she's good at Twitter. She's good at Twitter. She's good at, she, Hillary should take some lessons. From okay. Secretary Clinton. My name is Johanna Bui. I'm Recode Senior Transportation Reporter. I have two questions. One's a, a little bit personal. Another is tech. Um, as a Muslim female American journalist, Donald Trump obviously stands against literally everything <laughs> that I am. And yet, there are people. There are people out there who are Muslim women. You know, women in general who actually support him. Is that a failing on Hillary's campaign's part? Is there something that you can do or that you've done that you think has sort of forced them to the other side? And, and what are you guys trying to do about that? Because there seems to be like ostensibly obvious supporters for anyone but Trump. Well, I don't think it's a failing on our side. I mean, I kind of wonder what, I mean, it's, it's an interesting phenomena, but I think if you look at his approval ratings uh, uh, amongst uh, Latinos, amongst American Muslims, at pretty rock bottom. Now they're all—he's gonna—he's never gonna be zero. Uh, but what's motivating them to be for him? 
is is uh, is questionable. I think, uh, particularly, you know, here's a guy who denies science. He doesn't believe in climate change. He's you know he's running a campaign of complete division. Uh, and uh, if you're if you're Muslim and you're for Donald Trump, that surprises me. That it really surprises, surprises me. me too. But I don't, <laughs> I'm asking about it. I don't know. I don't know that you can ascribe that to anything that is a failing of Hillary's. But and I mean, you guys she's been strong anything? in 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 uh, in both uh, supporting the community and in being able to uh, run against the politics of fear. She's doing it again today, as I mentioned, uh, in terms of the in terms of the you know national security. Uh, uh, critique that she's making of him, uh, but I guess you know we'll never get every vote. But I, but I think that we will try to uh, ensure that people understand what the stakes are and what his and what the politics of division will really mean. What kind of society this will create? Uh, what it means uh, to bring the country together, to be stronger together, and what it means to divide the, the country and tear it apart. And I think that's a fight we'll, we're going to wage, and I think it's a fight we'll win because I think those are rooted in where America really wants to be. Great, and I have one more question um, about the gig economy. Hillary has talked, I think, briefly about it, but um, is she planning on reworking the current employee classification framework, and what does she think, does she think that Uber and Lyft and other companies like them are taking advantage of the on-demand economy right now? Well, I think she thinks there's a tremendous promise in the on-demand com- uh, economy, I, but I think it's uh, some of the uh, innovations that pr- provide people to uh, work in new ways, to provide new services, to provide uh, new uh, opportunities, both for workers and for, uh, and for products and, and sales, uh, are, you know, need to be uh, thought through, talked through. Uh, and uh, one of the things that's happening, I think, is people are disconnecting work from uh, uh, benefits, if you will, that we've had traditionally. Uh, healthcare, pensions, etc., is to think of new forms, new arrangements, uh, and new uh, ways of providing a basic safety net for workers. So I think in any individual case, we'll, you know, we'll, 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 we'll take a look at that. But by and large, I think you have to balance uh, uh, and be forward-thinking about what's happening in the economy, what do those innovations look like, and what's the, what's the reaction on the social side. And I think the Affordable Care Act is a good example of a place where uh, being able, where you're not uh, receiving health care benefits from work because you're an independent contractor, or you're, uh, you're in a, a smaller employer that's not providing health care benefits. That's the kind of arrangement uh, as we move more into, um, in, into, share, into a shared economy. We're going to have to think that through. Okay, last quick question. Thank you, Joanna. Let's pretend it's the day after Hillary Clinton's elected president. Do you worry about having to bring the country together if Trump is the other candidate, if he challenges the legitimacy of the election, if he tells his supporters not to believe the media or the government that tells you that Clinton won? Because at Bush Gore 2000, all sides kind of played fair, right? They all kind of agreed. Sure. Trump delegitimizes institutions. So do you worry about the day after she becomes president if she's elected? Well, I worry about it in the sense that we have a dysfunctional politics to begin with. You know, we've got gridlock in Washington. We can't seem to get anything done. If President Obama's for something, the Republican, you know, kind of instant reaction is to be against it, to try to, uh, uh, you know, their principal uh, interest is, is in trying to say no to him. I think he's navigated that. 
Uh, one of the things I did for the, in the White House for him was to manage a climate change portfolio with a very hostile uh, House of Representatives and now a hostile Congress, and we had a lot of achievement there. So I worry about the country, and I worry about the politics of the country more generally. I don't know that uh, uh, if, uh, it, in, in the circumstances you describe, I wouldn't, I wouldn't imagine uh, Donald Trump would do what Al Gore did. Uh, I was with him, actually, uh, in, the, in, in Washington. President Clinton was traveling abroad, but I was there uh, when he uh, conceded the election after the Supreme Court decision. Um, and he lost the election, as I like to say, five to four. Uh, and then went away. But, Gore disappeared. But, Trump won't disappear. Yeah. Uh, but I think that one of the principal missions, and I think one of the reasons uh, that, uh, that uh, Hillary's in this campaign uh, is to try to re-knit and uh, reach out and work with people. And I know that, that she'll be demonized in this election and uh, will try to reach out to Republicans, but I think maybe, uh, maybe, uh, maybe this is Pollyannish, but maybe, just maybe, the, the politics of division can be rejected and it could actually be a moment where the country uh, begins to think about whether we actually need to work together uh, across party to try to build a better future for the, for, for the country and particularly for young people in the country. So I don't think you can predict that right now. Uh, I don't hold up much hope that Donald Trump would behave himself in that circumstance, but I think the overall campaign itself uh, could, at least if it focuses on the difference uh, between a candidate who's actually trying to bring unity as opposed to a candidate who's, uh, who's feeding hatred and division, uh, maybe there can be a breakthrough there. You're that saying will, you need a landslide. I think, that might work. I You're think, saying you need 58, 48 I, states. I, I, think if, uh, I think if people reject that politics, that that would change what goes on in Washington. And last question, John. Hmm? When, if you were to describe this election cycle in one word, what would it be? Crazy. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, John Podesta. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Recode Replay. Remember to leave us a review at iTunes.com slash Recode Replay and be sure to check out our other podcasts. Every Monday, I host Recode Decode, a podcast about tech and media's key players, big ideas, and how they're changing the world we live in. On Thursdays, you can hear Recode